Is that a trick question? You tell me. They gave up Kwame Brown. Two Who first cares? rounders. I could, I could care less. I into his salary for first years. of all. Understand something. When you're giving up first round picks, if you are a quality team in play in playoff contention, it really doesn't mean that much. That's number one. Number two, and more importantly, Kwame Brown is gone. The city of Angels, Hollywood, just should be celebrated. Throw a parade already. Whether you win a championship or not, this man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to call tell everybody the truth. The man cannot play the game of basketball. He has small hands. He can't catch the ball. He's got bad feet. He can't really move, even though he's mobile. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Doesn't have a post move that he he puts to memory that he can do two times in a row. He has no game whatsoever. Plays no defense. Doesn't have the heart, the passion, or anything that comes with it. And you're asking me whether this, okay. they gave up too much? Please. The Los Angeles Lakers knew exactly what they were doing. They should be celebrating right now. And Kobe Bryant- Hey, hey, and welcome to another edition of the Hardwood Dynasty Basketball Podcast. My name's Huck Breeze. I'm joined here by Ethan Levine and Max Breeze. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. The uh, the Miracle Wizards. I can Miracle ride Wizards. I can ride it till they take the court again, which given precedent this year might be never. Maybe we just go out on top Elway style. Yeah. This anyway. is it. Hey, yeah, if you don't play another game of the season, you can remember the, the Wizards as a great team. Uh, I, I, I did want to jump into this right away, but the, this is amazing uh, from a gambling standpoint and you know just a basketball standpoint. The, the Blazers also won being down by five with less than 10 seconds. The Wizards won by being down by five with 12 seconds to go. You know, I like seeing that. That's interesting. That that gets me pumped. That gets me excited. But uh, but yeah, Max, how are you doing? Far, sorry, I skipped you there. Sorry. I don't. Uh, I will not yield my time. I'll get my time. You <laughs> okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing great. Godzilla got busy last week. I mean, like a just a dominating win, nine to so, three, yeah. nine to two, nine to two. Nine to yeah, nine, nine to two. two. You can give nine me one. Two. You want to give me one? I get no, I'll take. I'll one. take it. I yeah. need it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of getting busy, you definitely got busy with trades. Uh, so, Andrew had some big trades. Officially moved uh, Dame and Booker for young late round keepers with tons of promise. Um, in other leagues, this might have been looked at as you know just totally giving up. I mean, we are a good chunk into the way to the season, but uh, but these are big names for obviously not the same return. Uh, if you're looking at it just purely from this season, obviously he it did well for both these sides on both different trades. Um, all right, first let's talk about the people who definitely improved their team for this year. So we're talking about Max and Paul. Um, I want you guys to talk about how dangerous are these receiving teams uh, one by one. We'll start with Ethan because we don't want Max starting out talking about his own team. I'm ready. I'm ready right now. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Ethan. Tell so, me, how, how, how are these teams more dangerous? So I think um, with Paul, he obviously um, – was already a top tier team and we'll kind of talk about tiers later in the show, but, um, but he, um, you know, it'll be a good problem to have for him to choose between Dame and Steph Curry to keep in the first round this off season. Um, I feel like point guards, uh, especially ones that score the ball with the volume that Dame and Steph do are some of the most valuable assets in fantasy because, 
um, you know, big who can score will get you a nice field goal percentage and and help your rebounding on top of points. But these guys have, you know, obviously 40 point potential anytime they step out there. Um, they shoot threes. They can help all your shooting categories. They can help your assists. They can help your steals. They're not going to fuck your assist to turnover. And so, um, you know, adding Lillard to what was already probably the best point guard crop on any one roster, having Steph, like I said, SGA, um, Cole Anthony, who uh, is inconsistent, but as, you know, like a fourth best point guard is definitely still above streaming. Kyle Lowry, who has kind of sucked this year, but um, is starting to to kind of pick up his play, and so is Toronto. I think he's, uh, you know, I think he gets uh, really dangerous. He has sustainable danger to the rest of the league because of the way that he's constructed. Um, so obviously Dame himself is pretty fucking good, but um, just the way that Paul's constructed, he's deep at the most dangerous position. Um, Max, I'm sure I- I'll let you speak on from your perspective on your return on your trade. Oh, so first um, I figured out what Andrew's term that he kept using last week. He's feeling people up. That's what it was <laughs> when he was looking for trades. He's feeling uh, people up. Those of you who know Andrew, I'm sure can picture him saying it. Well, I guess he was just saying it a couple episodes ago. Yeah, absolutely. Go back to the episode. He says it like six times. Um, it was driving me crazy because I couldn't remember what it was. I was like, I've heard this a million times. Um, Paul absolutely made his team better. Um, great trade by him. He didn't really have any droppable players before the trade. Um, he, I texted with him about this a little bit. And first of all, he's really excited. He got Lillard, obviously. Um but I also think that now with Mello and maybe uh, uh, Tice, maybe a couple other guys on his team, he has a little bit more freedom to make actual moves. Um, whereas before it was, he was in a situation where it's like, no matter who I drop, they're going to get picked up off waivers. Like I'd, how much does streaming really help his team at that point? Um, so I'm obviously thrilled by the return on mine. Uh, I think the bigger takeaway for me though, rather than, like, you know, our team's got better. That's very obvious. We're both clearly going for it. Trading good keeper eligible players to Andrew to try to go for it right now is the strategy that Andrew's taking and how early he's taking it is just, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's crazy because it's, you know, he's way far ahead of everybody else as far as keepers go. He doesn't have a keeper in the first three rounds and he has several valuable keepers eighth round and later, you know what I mean? Like he, depending on who's available in the draft, he is primed to build a hell of a team for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, And I want to give him credit for what he did. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not, uh, you know, a good thing getting rid of Lillard, getting rid of Booker whatever, but could any one of us, get rid of the best players that we have on our team. I mean, I already got rid of young, get rid of the best players we have at our team and trade them for a bunch of later guys. I mean, you know, Max, if you trade LeBron, you could probably do the same thing and go get some, you know, some PJ Washington's and, and Anthony Edwards of the world and, you know, spread out your team a little bit more. We can all do that. It's just, you know, you don't want to lose LeBron going forward. Now, somebody who doesn't have a uh, great who'd you team, trade? Who'd you trade Trey Young for? Uh, Keldon and... Unkeepable Wait, no, no. Keldon Johnson? No, 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 no. Keldon Johnson you got for I me. traded Trey Young Grant. for... 
Jeremy Grant and uh, DeMarco Murray. Or DeJounte. DeJounte DeMarco, DeMarco Murray. 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 Sorry. I, <laughs> I apologize. All right, apologize. Andre. Yeah, yeah. I, no, and DeJounte Murray. And you can't tell me that's not a good trade. I'm not well. Trey Young looks real much better today than he did the day you traded him. That has not you have no bearing on that. I'm just saying he the Trey Young's playing really well right now and Atlanta has a winning record all of a sudden and they're playing really well right now. Well, he has two first round picks and if he has to but drop that's one, the same and I'm a dead last. Same. So uh, Okay, and Andrew's in second to last. And these sure. other teams, Max is also going to have to choose between Booker or Jimmy Butler in the second in the round. Second, yeah. um, Paul's also going to have to choose between Steph and Dames. So these guys are going to be back in the draft, and you and Andrew are going to be the only ones there to take them. Exactly. I mean, so that, that's he's getting great late thing. round keepers and having the opportunity to get these guys back. What he's doing is is making he's giving up on being aggressively competitive this year for sure. Well, I, and that's my point. I mean. Me and Andrew are kind of in the same boat. We're both not very competitive this year. I mean, I'm not – I'm making moves. I've made some of the most moves in the league, and it just – you're the players just aren't there. For Andrew, the players just aren't there. We just didn't have good drafts. We just didn't have good setups, and we're trying to mold it so that we can have a future that's worth having. Um, you know, like I said, if if you want to trade your best players, if you think that you're not competitive this year, anybody can go out and do that right now. But me and Andrew are the first ones to do that, and we and I'm sure we won't be the last. I'm sure there's going to be somebody else that's down there with us, whether it be uh, Victor or somebody else, who says, you know what, I suck. My team sucks. Joel Embiid is not doing me any good. Uh, let me go out and try to find some, you know, somebody else, somebody lower on in the draft. And uh, and we can shake up that first and second round next year. So you yeah. say that you say that there are a finite amount <clears throat> of good late keepers available. You know, we reference Clay Thompson a lot. Uh, you know, Hurwitz is apparently just impossible to trade with right now, according to Andrew. He's just not season. responsive. It is tax season. Tax um, but like he went out. He got late round keepers for me and late round keepers from Paul, both of whom like both of us are pretty trade happy i don't have late round keepers to deal anymore you reach out to me i'm gonna go sorry the well's empty you know what i mean like that's just gone so my question is is this the first of many or did andrew just beat a bunch of people to the punch like how much is still out there for people to go out and get with their first and second round picks the players are still there Well, yes and no i but but i do feel like there's a template for what you would want to give up because you're right huck anyone can give up their best player anyone can do what andrew just did anyone can put their best dame caliber player on the block and get good i'll give chris boucher in the 11th for anyone's first round pick if they want to make that kind of reconciliation in the short term but there is a fine because you know he got anthony edwards in the ninth round he got Tyrese Halliburton also in the ninth round, though. I think he's kind of hedging um, his his stonks on those two guys. But um, but I I do think the well though is deeper on those guys than than Max. Maybe you're leading on just because um, I think rookies are the last of people's like fuck i really need to open up a stream spot i'm just gonna have to cut ties with this guy's keeper potential like rookies are the last people that you're gonna do that with so i feel like there's gonna be you know a lot of this rookie class is gonna be available a lot into a lot of this year 
And they were obviously drafted a lot later than last year's rookie class of like Zion and John Morant, who were all going in the first five rounds. Maybe, but you have to keep in mind that the people that have these late round keepers have to be buyers. Like I'm, I'm looking yes, now, true. I'm looking now at late round keepers and it's like, Oh, Colin Sexton in the ninth would be great. But is Victor really going to be a buyer? No, he's going to hang on to Sexton. You know what I mean? Like Marcus yes. Smart in the ninth might be not even a long-term keeper, but just, you know, somebody that you might be looking to keep. Uh, Luke, is Luke looking to trade Van Fleet out of the eighth? You know what I mean? Like, is he chasing a championship this year? It's just, it's, I don't think the well is that deep. I'm not saying the players aren't there, but Andrew went and like aggressively took three or four options off the table. Yeah. So like the, you know, the, the fact that he was the first person to do that, I just don't know if that means... A, did he just set the market and like, this is what it takes. You have to give up your first and second round pick. Or did he just kind of take the opportunity and, and not a whole lot of other people are going to have that same opportunity to trade your first and second round pick to set up your draft for years to come. Well, no, I've that's... also, I've also looked at this and there's some of this, this trading, you have to understand that when we're evaluating players and we're evaluating, Oh, there's a lot of late picks or the late picks have been taken and there's nothing really left people see players differently and we look at a player like for instance you know edwards was just picked up and traded edwards has had a really down year he's 19 years old okay he hasn't really played a lot of nba basketball there was no preseason whatever uh he could turn out to be a superstar we don't know right now it looks like he's not it looks like he's not that great of a player but you got to look at some of these late round people and you got to say you know Isaac Okoro, is he a great player? Is, uh, you know, Patrick Williams, is is Patrick Williams going to be somebody that's going to be awesome in years to come? I mean, the, the Bulls saw something in Patrick Williams that maybe the rest of us don't see, and maybe you take a chance on him. I mean, he's going to be a really, really, really late-round keeper. Um, you look at it right now, and in 2021, yeah, it's, he sucks. He doesn't get minutes, or he shares time with some, you know, veteran. Basketball's a funny game. You fun if you just shove minutes at these young guys, uh, and they were superstars in college. They might be superstars in the NBA. They might get used to the basketball game, and and we just don't see it right now. So uh, you know, we you can say there's nothing left. There's stuff out there. There's people out there. Uh, they just might not be <clears throat> visible to the naked eye. Fair enough. Yeah, but anyway, let's let's keep it. Uh, Let's keep it rolling here. Uh, next up, we wanted to talk about league tiers. So, you know, whether you agree with it or not, uh, the top tier team, which is the most, you know, the top tier teams, which are the guys that are going to compete for that number one seed in the playoffs, the middle guys, which are all slammed together like a you know ice cream sandwich right now, right the middle, the good stuff. Uh, and then you got the bottom, you know, I'm down there, Andrew's down there. Victor's down there. Uh, Kevin Ware's knee. He's probably down there with us. But um, but but yeah. So first, what I want to do is I want to establish these tiers, and I'm gonna let Max, you know, roll into this. But so let's talk about the top tier, Max. Who who do you put on the top tier competing for that number one seed? So there's three teams for me in the top tier, and it's and it's just just going off the standings right now. It's Hong Kong Heroes, Thunder from Down Under, and Chase's. Terrible name team. Okay. 
Those are the top three. That, that's top, top tier. Three. I think so it's you a would not top three. So Trevor's outside that for you. No, Trevor is the best of the middle tiers. I think right now, best of the ice cream sandwich middle. Yes. Okay. So, tell me quickly, Ethan. Can you tell me? Do you agree with that? Um, I agree with those three being the top tier. I don't know that there's a best of the middle tier. I see the middle tier as a bunch of teams that are generally in six five or five six matchups you know depending on if they have the edge that week or not uh, whereas the, the you know the thing that sets that top tier apart is that they'll stack up wins by multiple you know they'll win seven to four or wider most weeks and that's why they're so dramatically above 500 like trevor is two game is you know two games ahead of of me which is like a fraction of one week's wins and yeah. you know the same is true for Neil. The same is true for Max. The same is true for Kyle. So I feel like, and now um, with Luke and my balls falling back down there, there's more middle tier teams than there are playoff spots left. So that squeeze starts to become the first or the newest sort of dramatic narrative in this soap opera. So Luke and my balls is firmly outside of that top tier now after a run of a couple bad weeks. In your opinion. yeah, I th I yeah, I mean, uh, he's not gonna fucking listen to this anyway. But I think he's uh, his level of effort for the rest of the season is going to be more like the last two weeks and less like the beginning of the year. So I think he's gonna be more of like a Kevin Ware's knee, which is what it is. But I yeah, it's not top tier material. It's two not gonna be 20. Middle. yeah, Dude, he not went two and twenty over a two two week period. Like that's he's dropped five hundred. I mean, imagine losing eighteen games. Uh, on the plus minus in two weeks and being 500. Oof. I mean, Uniballers is about to is about to lap him shortly, and he hasn't had McCollum and Michael Porter Jr. both together um, at the same time since like the first week of the season, and he's about to lap him. So it's yeah, it's entirely reflective of effort. But uh, yeah, I don't think I mean he's about to be a bottom tier team. It's crazy how a few weeks uh, you can go from being the best or one of the best or some, you know, we're talking about Sabonis being the biggest steal in the draft and uh, Pascal Siakam, et cetera, et cetera, Jason Tatum. And uh, now it's like, man, are you going to make the playoffs? You might not well, make effort. Playoffs. Effort matters. Effort okay. matters. And he's got a top tier talent team. It's just, if you don't give a shit, you're not gonna make the playoffs. Okay. So I, I, I kind of agree with this. So where does the mid tier stop and the uh, bottom tier start? Ethan, um, what do you think? So I think it, it kind of, the line starts to get blurred at Luke and my balls because, um, you know, he and Max are are tied for the quote-unquote bottom of the middle tier, but they're a half game behind Neil. That's sort of what I was talking about before. But Max lost to Hurwitz 11 nothing week one, or maybe it was Hong Kong. No, it was Hong but, Kong Heroes. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't Hurwitz, lose to Hurwitz. Like Hurwitz that. beat Andrew 11 nothing. Either way, um, they're obviously two teams heading in dramatically different directions. Like Max is much closer to the top tier, uh, and Hurwitz is much closer to the bottom tier, just in terms of trajectory. So um, that's where I start to see the line get blurred. Uniballers has been, I, I see him as standing out from the rest of the bottom tier because of how he's been able to tread water above at least that group of teams, despite his injury problems. And I know those teams, Huck is probably. Well, I'm looking right at you, but like I know you haven't had uh, you haven't had the best injury luck either. Um, it's been pretty bad. 
yeah. So, but that's, I guess my point, like I would expect that with those kinds of injuries, you would, it would hurt and you're in last place. Luke is, you know, closer to the middle tier than he is to, or he's as close to the middle tier as he is to your record, despite similarly crippling injury problems. So that's why I see him as sort of an outlier from that bottom tier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would kind of toss the Uniballers into that bottom tier with the rest of us. Um, I could see him kind of floating down and being down there. I think in the end, when it's all said and done, Kevin Ware's knee is probably going to be uh, the last place team. Uh, and then Andrew, I think I can fight back. I think I can beat above there. Regardless, um, I think we're all going to be down there at the bottom. And I think Uniballers will be with us. I think that, uh, I mean, his team's a little bit more balanced. It's just not a great team overall as far as like superstars besides Kawhi. I mean, he's missing McCollum now, and I don't know if there's a timetable for his return. If, you know, he comes back and, and he can make some progress, then maybe there's something there. I mean, he needs a lot more nights where uh, Drummond's not playing and Jared Allen gets that uh, that top-tier center status that he has tonight. Um, he needs to stream more. He needs to get more minutes, more guys on the floor, honestly. Yep. I don't think his team is that bad. I think he just – he. He's second to last in the league um, in field goals made, and to me that just says yeah. Are you talking about get guys you're talking play. about Uniballers? Uniballers, yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah. Uniballers say- has made 25 moves, which is tied for the second most. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of what I mean. Where it's like he makes the max moves pretty much every week. He just has really shitty injury luck, and so if he gets healthy, if he has all his stars healthy and playing their full slate of games in a full week together at one time. Like we, what his sample size right now is not at all reflective of what his team could do then. Now, is that going to happen enough times to get him into the playoffs? I am suspect. So I'm not sure if Luke is a listener or not. He Um, is. I I like that. I'm pretty sure he is at least. So I'm going to give a gift to him and all other listeners. Uh, Monday mornings, ESPN. If you go to their fantasy basketball site, like page on their site, they have a, uh, a fantasy basketball forecaster for the week, and it'll tell you a how many games each team has, and b what those like matchup rankings are, and some like little notes for here's a player coming off injury, here's a player you know on a back to back that's going to get more minutes and things like that. I live by it. I love it. So like I kind of plan my moves for the week, my streaming. Like I'm going to pick up this guy for this these two games. Um, I plan it around that. Usually, it's an incredibly useful tool. Okay. All right. Okay. Mic drop. Just yeah. helping. Just helping out. Helping where I can. All you right. Know? Well, thank you. Um, now that we've um, established these tiers, can you give me, uh, Max, in your opinion, which top tier team uh, is most vulnerable? Which one do you think uh, is the most beatable top tier team? Oh, it's Paul. And like I, I know we've been stroking Paul for the last two weeks. So he still has yeah. an excellent team. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> but I, there was a problem with Paul's team that I called out weeks ago, and it's not a problem that he fixed by trading for Damian Lillard. His team is too small. You know what I mean? If he's going to win blocks and rebounds, if he's going to win those big man stats, um, like I, he has to beat the other team in minutes nine times out of, out of 10, you know, he's got, he's going to get the points. He's going to get the assists. He should get the steals. Um, he should get three pointers made for sure. It's just, 
if you're facing another high quality team, if he's going up against Hong Kong heroes or Chase's neat team or Trevor's team or another team that has rebounders, he all but sacrifices two points to start every week. And I don't want to be, you know, the, I don't want to repeat myself over and over and over, but close matchups, that's a thing for this league. You know, if you look at the last couple of weeks, a lot of six to five wins, some seven to four wins, um, a point or two here and there, they matter a lot, especially when it comes to the playoffs. A, a win is a win, a loss is a loss. So as far as teams that are set for the long run, um, I think Paul still has that to address. He needs to get some rebounds and blocks to balance his team out. And I think on the polar opposite side of that, Hong Kong Heroes has done a great job of keeping his team nice and balanced so that any given week he could win 11 to nothing. You know, it could happen to anybody, even an outstanding team week one. Yeah. Okay. Ethan, tell me about the uh, team you think is most vulnerable in that top tier. So I think it is um, Chase only in that I now, I think Chase's biggest, I mean, all three of these teams are great. I think we're talking about like acknowledging these are the three top title contenders as it stands now and trying to split hairs between them. I think the thing that's gotten Chase into that top tier has been volume. And we've talked about it on past episodes, how um, dominant he is in shots taken and shots made. Um, and so I think Paul is about to um, be able to match that, um, you know, that, that top notch volume of um, shooting now that he's obviously stacking Steph and clay um, and Paul was, um, was, uh, you know, is weak in, in big man stats. I agree with Max on that, but, um, but I think he is now going to ascend uh, in a lot of the categories that um, Chase has been really strong in and getting into that top tier. So, um, you know, I agree Brennan has an extremely balanced team. So that makes him, um, that gives him more margin for error. If somebody like a Jokic, um, you know, has the game canceled like Denver had their game canceled tonight. Um, meanwhile, uh, I think now Paul is, is up ahead of Chase um, with that day move even if it doesn't necessarily solve a different source of vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to agree with Max here. You know, the guy I'm facing this week, uh, Paul thunder down from down under is extremely small team. Uh, you know, with, with Robert, he's got Robert, but he's paired him with Gasol, uh, you know, and, and Tice. Other than that, there's just nothing up there that can really sustain rebounds uh, week after week. And yeah, he's probably going to get killed in those two categories. Um, if my team can block and shoot free throws and not turn the ball over, which is my strength, my only strength, uh, then I could beat him this week. And if I can be a top tier team uh, from the dead last point, dead last spot is definitely a vulnerable team. Uh, so I guess, you know, we'll have to see, but that would definitely be my pick. All right. So to keep it going here, uh, which mid-tier team could be the most dangerous, could be a top-tier team coming in the second half of the season, coming into the playoffs. Uh, Ethan, what do you think? So I actually think um, I'm not going to give Max the satisfaction. Come on. Um, Come on. But I really think um, Kyle and Neil are probably my two um, contenders here. One with Kyle. Um 
you have the wide range of outcomes that could um, you know stem from a potential Beal trade. And frankly, just having Russ and Beal playing again um, is going to make life a lot easier on him. I think um, we're just starting to see um, those guys get stacked onto the surprise um, that has been Julius Randle, the the um, break, you know, this continued breakthrough that has been Christian Wood. Um, he's got some more injury guys stashed, so I think he has some real breakout potential. Um, and then, much like Max Neal's team is also on the rise um, above 500 after being um, anywhere from like three to eight games below 500 the last few weeks. Um, he's got. Um, guards that can really fill out a stat sheet. I, I, you know, I definitely think James Harden is going to get more assists the longer he is in uh, Brooklyn and continue to fill out stat sheets there. Um, DeAndre Hunter injured now, but I fucking love that guy. He's the best second year player in the in the league so far. As long as you've never heard of Zion Williamson and John Morant, um, never heard of him. Never heard of him. But for real, he's a he's been a, a great second year player and the Pelicans are shopping around all their guards. JJ Reddick's been a guy that's been talked about uh, at least on Twitter a lot recently, but I know they're shopping Lonzo as well. And I think that is to get Nikhil Alexander Walker among other young players, more time on the floor. So I think that um, he's not a keepable player, but that was a good grab. And I don't know if that was just a stream or not, but I'm, very curious to see uh, what his usage rate looks like in like a month from now. Would you rather have him or uh, quickly? I quickly, but I'm biased. <laughs> I'm super biased. But Neil, Neil had quickly and dropped him uh, when when that team started to fill up after the injuries. I, I will say, yeah, if you have a young player and you're trying to clear space, at least float it in the group text and see because. Um, because he might have, you might have been able to, even if it was not a great player on my team, you might have been able to get a player that was better than what was on waivers, but now quickly is unkeepable. So it's like, I won't probably be. No, I, I don't think quickly was keepable from the beginning. Did he go on draft? Okay. Well, then. Yeah. So, but th- I mean, if you're trying <laughs> to win, what I'm saying is if you're trying to win, you know, I guess quickly was not a. We're not talking about keepers at all. I mean, he's not quicker. At, uh, keeper eligible um but next yeah. year he'll definitely be somebody that he's just hella inconsistent he's super well, streaky right now he's super streaky but the, right now he's streaking pretty good so uh yeah, you know it's that. I, I wish he had him i wish i had him on my team all right uh max give me your 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 ice cream sandwich middle here uh, the team that could be top tier or <laughs> dangerous in the playoffs before I, I said trevor was top of the top tier whenever i said that it, i was talking about the standings like if we look at the standings right now, Trevor's currently in fourth. I think I have the best mid-tier team. And I think I have the best mid-tier team after the Devin Booker trade. Before that, I probably would have said, uh, I don't know, Kyle or Trevor. Um, but like, no, I, I think I have the best mid-tier team. I think my team is ready to compete. Uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of rebuild and fantasy ever. Like I, I understand trading for late round picks. I've done it in baseball before, but I'm never not going to go for it. And so I'm very happy with the team that I have right now. I think in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about my team as, you know, are they a top tier team? Well, maybe, I don't know. Um, I was surprised that Ethan said Neil was his favorite ice cream sandwich team, because actually for me, I, I think Neil has the most vulnerable out of the middle. 
And I, I only say that because if Hurwitz just started giving a shit for like even well, yes, team every five minutes, he would like yes. he's obviously the most vulnerable mid. <laughs> it's it's of his own doing. Um, but I will say I don't think I think we all agree, but we don't need to belabor the point that um, Kemba was maybe an oops keeper in the second round. But now Kemba is definitely playing more minutes, getting to take more shots, getting more involved um, on a nightly basis. And like I said, he just has a lot of players that contribute in multiple different skill sets. Like Ben Simmons speaks for itself. Um, Malcolm Brogdon kills it in all three shooting splits. Harden, like I said, is going to broaden his um, contributions with assists. DeAndre Hunter is just like a is just like a um, is just a stat stuffer, even if he's not going to light it up in any one category. So that's what I think. I don't know that I think he's my. I think Kyle is probably the best mid tier team, but I think he. I we I don't think we've ever talked about Neil's team on this show, but he does have some sneaky good talent. And like Eric Gordon is much better in fantasy than he is contributing to Houston's wins in real life. Well, and he's right. much better. He's much better after the trade. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, for sure. Speaking of that trade, though, I mean James Harden is not going to be the number one player in fantasy this year. He's just not. He he was last year, and this year he will not be. You know. Um, no, probably he won't. You're right. Kemba in the second was a bad keeper and he's not playing like a second round pick this year. Brogdon is one of the, it's a huge breakout player, but even along with Gordon getting more minutes, even along with Simmons getting, you know, with his stats, it's just not enough. I think if Neil's team is going to be an actual contender, like I'm not saying he won't make the playoffs, but I'm saying like, I think he's a seven or he's, he's fodder for the first round, whoever he faces in the first round, unless we see some big breakout from like Josh Richardson or Hachimura starts getting more minutes and he starts looking like a, like a big time player, you know, or, you know, some, one of his pickups, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I just, I see a narrow range of outcomes for Neil's team and I don't think it can come anywhere close with, I mean, we talk about Paul's team having a glaring weakness. I still would bet on him against Neil 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Because Neil doesn't have enough. You but know what I mean? If you're talking about infrastructure for getting ready for the playoffs, Neil is great. Uh, Neil is great in a lot of the, like, for what you will, like obscure counting stats. So scoring, I think we're all like, shit, I really need rebounds. Like, that's a real sticking point for me. Or like, for my team personally, like, I suck in assists. It is, I'm much weaker in assists than any other counting stat. And, but, uh, you know, Neil is, is pretty well set in all of those. Like he's got guards that rebound. He's got a lot of assist guys now. Um, he doesn't have a ton of turnovers for the volume of his play, but he doesn't have his one weakness is he doesn't have a lot of shooters. I guess my point is that's the easiest thing to find. Um, and if you're looking for like a template of a guy who is on waivers now, but can get hot and be really valuable for you for like three weeks. It's a scoring guard, like an Emmanuel quickly. So he can find those. Uh, whereas I feel like some of like, whereas my team, I feel like if I don't, um, if I don't have like tremendous volume, I'm very fraudulent. I don't have that kind of infrastructure that he's got just speaking to being another middle tier team you with booker are are a really good middle tier team but i wasn't going to give you that satisfaction fuck that 
Well, you talk the about listeners obscure, don't deserve that. You talk about obscure stats. I mean, who's going to beat Huck in free throw percentage and turnovers? That's my question. Nobody. I think I am Nobody last ever. in the league in both of those stats. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, so I I have to answer. I mean, have we forgotten? I, I know you guys are really against him and his taxis and everything. Have we forgotten about Luke and my balls? He's got great keepers. He's got a really great base, and he's got. I just don't think he's going to try. I don't think he's going to make moves. So I don't think he's going to. I think he's just going to do what Kevin Ware's knee does. Okay. And, and that's and, my only reason for saying that. Like your logic will make sense, except for he won't execute what you're going to say. Okay. And, and that's fair. I think that the question was who could be the most dangerous, who could be a top tier team, could be a top tier team. He was the first place two weeks ago. I mean, he could be a top tier team. I, again, I, I don't know if, I don't know if, if he's going to, you know, listen and and be. I mean, when you're when you're not paying attention and you're not making moves, you're not doing. It's not you're not just ruining this season. You're you're ruining seasons to come. You're you're missing out on opportunities that you could have in the future. Um, he's got you know a good opportunity to to mold his team the way he wants it in the future. Because uh, right now, uh, Doncic, Ingram, Sabonis. Uh, Siakam, uh, Jason Tatum, and Clay Thompson leaves uh, Laurie Markkinen, and Laurie Markkinen looks pretty good. I mean, well, if you just named six guys. Laurie Markkinen is seven. I know. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. It leaves, thing, Laurie, yeah. it leaves Laurie Markkinen, you know, out. They, he's got too many keepers at this moment right now. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, he's got to do something. He has to make a move <laughs> at one point if he wants to maximize his own value. Um, and I mean, gosh, if he I mean, did, if he was responding to trades, he would have either Dame or Devin Booker today, like, true. cause he has clay Thompson to offload in the 11th, like seeing what those guys went for. Like he could have either of those guys today, the way that Paul as the top tier team tried to put himself over the top. Yeah. Paul and I got those trades cause we tried like that. That's the thing I, yeah. I, I met on the ultimate what what the modern man's golf course is, which is playing Warzone with Andrew. <laughs> um, which, by the way, if anybody listens and plays Warzone, that's the best place to talk trade for basketball. So log on, play with us. You know, we'll make some make be some a moves. dead be a dead president. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, the big call out for me for Luca, my balls, Patrick Beverly, who's injured and starting for him at point guard. Uh, his the last time he played was the day before we last reported recorded a podcast. So not yesterday, which is Sunday. I'm talking last Sunday. He has been his starting point guard, not on an injured list, which we have plenty of. Um, he's just been his starting point guard ever since then. the The Clippers have had four games. He hasn't played in any of them, and he has not moved that spot. And I'm not saying he's not clicking to start all my players to keep Ethan Ethan off his back, but that's a roster spot that he could have gotten, you know, five or six games from another player. Same goes for Stephen Adams, who's currently hurt. Same goes for you know players on his roster that he could drop and just get minutes out of other guys. It, you, if you give the bare minimum effort, I think you're absolutely right about Hurwitz's team. But to Ethan's point, he's 2-20 and 20 over the last two weeks, not for any lack of talent that's currently on his roster. It's just a lack of effort. And if he yeah. keeps that going, then not only do I think he's going to lose, but I think he's going to be in jeopardy of being in the league next season. I don't know what Ethan's take on that would be. Yeah, I, well, I mean, he his uh, 
I know he's trying to get out of public accounting. He really does work like 70 hour weeks right now, but he's done that since I've known him. So he knew he was going to be doing that when I asked if he wanted to join the league and thought he had time for it. So it's not like this caught him by surprise. My hope though, is that now that he's relocated to Denver and now that the job market maybe will start to turn around, which I don't know enough to talk about that on a fucking basketball podcast, but he'll get out of public accounting. And then, I mean, it's not like he'll have it on easy street, but he won't have like, you know, in December her, which basically takes three straight weeks of vacation. And then in like, from like mid January through mid April, he works like 75 hours a week, seven days a week. So I don't know. I still feel like he could do it right before work. He's clearly not, if he if it's going to be like this next year, then yeah, he won't be in the league. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, I mean, if if you need motivation to to be active in the league and forget and and to remember to set your lineup, uh, if it's not the glory, if it's not the whatever, there is a financial uh, obligation to do it. You know, it's it's 500 bucks if you win, uh, you know, and in the future, we don't know what we're going to do or whatever, but there's, it's like playing poker. You're sitting there playing poker, you're folding every hand, you know, it's, that's fine. You could do that. We, we're okay with that. It's not fun for us. Uh, You know, it's, 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 we don't like playing with people who don't play, uh, but you're only hurting yourself. So, um, so, all right, we've stretched it out enough. Uh, let's get into these week seven matchups. We've we've made the people wait. Um, you guys ready for this? Yeah, you got to give the people what they want. Got to give people <laughs> what they want. Uh, we'll start out with, uh, oh, God, I just hate saying this. Chase's neat team uh, versus I love Derek. Now, can we, like, have an intervention is there such thing as a, a name, a team name intervention where we all gather around and for who? bully for him, team? bully him at chase? Oh, well, yeah, 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 I'm on board with that. Bully him. If he's going to be a top tier team, um, you know, he's got to have a different team name or we have to force him into the military, the sandwich, whatever. Uh, maybe block all trades to his team and a trade embargo. Trade I don't know. Embargo. I don't know. We could it's something uh, along those lines. Anyway, we'll, we'll... I feel like as a fan of the Washington football team, I need to take up for Chase here for a moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no more prescriptive name in the league than Chase's neat team. Who owns it? Chase. How would you describe the team? Neat. No, 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 no. no. So here's the difference. Ch- uh, Washington football team... Uh, had a very racist name, and are you calling Chase a racist? <laughs> well, are you about to slander Chase? I'm telling you the difference. They had a racist name, and uh, and they had to change it, and so they went with WFT, the soccer style Washington football team, whatever. Chase and then they life. said, and then they said, this is a temporary thing. We're 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 kind of biding our time here, so we can uh, come up with a great name. So they probably won't be Washington Football Team for that much longer. Chase's neat team is what Yahoo gave to this team. Okay, he has made zero effort to change his team. This is not something that Chase came up with, and I'm a, I'm pissed about it. It's something that Chase was given, and he decided not to change it. So and he uh, leaves it because it bothers you. You know that, right? 
No, he leaves it because this is just how Chase is. This is the same person that when we made a dead president's clan on uh, in in Call of Duty, he decided to be President George W. Bush, a president who is very, He's much, very alive. much alive, and <laughs> and he would not change it for any reason. This is just the way Chase is. He has stupid. Uh, like names and and all these setups that just are aesthetically infuriating uh but he refused to change them not because it upsets other people or not because it's original or whatever but only because something in his brain makes him want this this way so anyway um, this is what we need from you chase okay yeah. first change your team name to something racist and then we'll demand that you change it we'll, we'll <laughs> pretend like people are offended by it maybe and then pull... you change it back to chase's neat team yeah. good job good job by chase he did the right thing yeah, he could he could do a you know what our brother did in our in our football league and just change it to washington redskins and then, <laughs> oh my God! He was just the Washington Redskins all year long, and you know, five years ago we'd have been like, all right, whatever. But uh, but yeah, now we look at it totally different. Anyway, let's get into these these matchups. Uh, Chase Neat Team versus I Love Dirk. Uh, what do you think, Max? Well, um, I Love Dirk just traded away his two best players. Um, not a good way to start. He's also facing a top tier team this week. I'm obviously going to pick Chase, um, but I will say, so we didn't talk much about the bottom two teams, and for good reason. You're in the bottom tier. You eat shit. Um, but of the bottom tier teams, I think Andrew, given that he's a person that is not, I mean, he's not tanking. He's he's building for the future. I still think he's going to want to win as much as possible, if not just to upset whoever he's facing that given week. Um and I still think he's going to try and be active in trades because he's just addicted to trades and fantasy baseball season is still a long way away. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be a nothing team. I don't think he's going to be a Kevin Ware's knee just rolls over in every, every single matchup. That being said, I think Chase is going to take him out to the shed and just mistreat him this week because Chase just has a much better team. Like, you know, I, I there are so many good players on Chase's team. I'm just going to uh, Giannis. Giannis this year, I feel like nobody's paying attention. I feel like we've all just gotten used to how incredible Giannis is. Um, you know, he's averaging 28 points a game, over 11 rebounds per game, five assists, a steal, a block, every single game. You know what I mean? Like that's... He's actually underperforming this year, but... It, that's, it's underperforming by his standards like that, yeah. that's what i'm saying like it's a, he's he's just absurd so i think having him on his team alone makes it damn near impossible if he's getting regular minutes for andrew to contend so and that's just one player chase has got a stable full of those players so yeah i think it's it's chase it's chased by a landslide good luck though andrew i'm rooting for you um uh, kind of <laughs> all right ethan what do you think um so I'm going to pick Chase as well, but I am I have been while Max was saying that I've been doing more research on what could be Chase's new team name. So there's not a lot of funny, inappropriate puns that come from players on his team. But if he could acquire Bull Bull, then he could become irritable bowl syndrome, which <laughs> is the funniest one that I've seen so far. I, I'll report back. Yeah, okay. Back to me. All right, thanks. Um I'm gonna go with chase i think his team is super dangerous if he filled his team 
uh, in the draft. You know, uh, just slightly better. Uh, some of the best keepers in the league. I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, Durant and Giannis and Zion. I mean, ugh, the team Tobias. Got a great team, great base. He can beat most teams in the league. And if we're talking about somebody who just has next to no talent in 2021, uh, this is definitely going to be a slaughter. So we'll just keep on rolling to the next matchup here. Uh, Uniballers versus Super Gallinario Brothers. It's a pretty even matchup. Ethan, what do you think? Um. I like actually Super Gallinario Brothers this week. Um, he's off to an eight to three lead, so um, I'm going to choose to believe that that's just substantiating what I already my preemptive correctness. I'm not picking it because he's up eight three, but who knows? There's blurred lines there. Um, he has so many guys playing today that he had to leave um, his team's namesake on the bench, which actually ended up being. Not the worst move. He only had six points, two assists, three turnovers. Um, but he is on pace to get a ton of minutes. And I was talking earlier about the value of having scoring point guards. And, I mean, Chris Paul, Colin Sexton, Trey Young looks like a pretty lethal trio. Um, or, no, that's Thaddeus Young. I'm being fucking stupid. Trey Young is on <laughs> Matt Stafford's team. Yeah. Okay, he I said lied. Chris Young. I was going to be like, run it, run it. Hey, Thaddeus is is uh, pushing a triple double here, so let's not. Yeah, he is actually, but <laughs> but uh, but no. If he had Trey Young, that'd be dope. But uh, Chris <laughs> Paul, Colin Sexton, that's a nasty duo. Um, I think Luke is still hampered with a lot of. Um, I think he's still hurting without McCollum, and so I think um, Victor is going to um, get him this week, probably by a couple of categories. Hmm. Okay. I mean. Yeah, you know, I, God, I don't like this team at all. You know, I, I, I think that if, if for some reason Embiid's back flares up, which it does like once every three or four games, uh, then this team could just fall apart. It's one of the worst, least talented teams in the league. Um, you know, I, I know Rashawn Holmes came out and got him five blocks. I know it's gonna gonna sit for a little bit. Uh, but I, I do think that the that Luke's team is is more talented and and can really uh, beat him out this week. I do pick Uniballers to win this week. I think that uh, you know even though I don't think he's mid tier team, he could be down there with us. I think Victor's team is one of those teams where it's like, my God, I can't. How am I behind this guy? Um, because there's just so many holes on this team uh, from top to bottom. So. I'm going to go ahead and go with Luke. Max, what do you think? Uh, I'm also going to go with Luke, and it has nothing to do with Victor letting me down last week, even though he did. Um, big time. So, big Luke's, time. so first of all, yes, Luke's numbers look bad tonight. Uh, part of that is stemming from the fact that he doesn't have a full roster tonight, unlike Victor, who does, and we're late in the game um, for Victor. And so, you know, his stats are looking great right now. What to what you're not noticing about tonight is first of all, Michael Porter Jr. had his game postponed, which sucks because yep. it's only a three game week for the Nuggets. So best case scenario, he gets two games from MPJ, but he is going to get four games out of a now, I assume healthy Kawhi. Um, and that to me is a big get 
On top of that, you've got both Larry Nance and Drummond injured. If that ends up being a multiple game injury, um, then Jarrett Allen, who is starting in their place tonight with 23 points, 18 rebounds, and five blocks, is going to get a lot of run. I know it's somebody Ethan mentioned earlier. The more he's on the court, especially given just the Cavs, uh, I'm sorry, there's going to be a lot of shots missed. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for rebounds. Um, they're going to be on the de- defensive side of the floor often. Um, Jared Allen could be a great play if he gets some run like that. I talked last week about me being lucky with Nurkic being out and Vanderbilt getting minutes from Anthony Towns being out. Sometimes that's all you need. And Jared Allen is a perfect opportunity for that. Um, Alongside that, I loved his waiver pickup of C.D. Osmond. I couldn't believe Osmond got dropped. He's been playing really well this year. I know he's been up and down, but um, I think that's a great get. So between that the fact that Kawhi's got four games, Van Fleet, another one of his best players, isn't playing tonight. I don't. I think the nine to two that Victor is currently leading by is not uh, representative of what's to come. I believe Luke pulls this one out, especially if he uses all five moves again. So, just a quick note that I want to talk about, and I know you mentioned Jared Allen. So, Jared Allen tonight uh, is twenty three and eighteen. Uh, against a Minnesota team that notoriously has just without towns and just has nobody there at the center position, cannot handle a big man in the league. Uh, is is Andre Drummond set to go to a new team? I mean, is that absolutely going to happen? I don't know. I have no idea. The, the reason I just feel like it is, and... Um, Luke, if you listen to this, get in the in the group text because I know you're tuned in on um, all the Cleveland sports teams. But why would you unnecessarily give up a first round pick to get Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince if you're not? I mean, you could again, they're expiring deals. You could just be taking them on to free up the cap space. But if you don't think you're a free agent destination, which they're a good up and coming team, but they're not a free agent destination, then why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to just? extend Jarrett Allen while you have control of him. But I think to do that, the domino that falls is Drummond getting traded. So it, that's, it just is all like circumstantial evidence to me. I have, I have no like real confidence one way or the other. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause those are, those are Drummond numbers <laughs> and, and he's got like a much, much, much better deal than uh, Drummond has. So it'll be interesting to see. I've always thought that uh, Jared Allen could be a starter um, at that position, somebody that could really dominate uh, the center position for some team. And, you know, he looked good tonight. So that if something was to happen in the next, you know, month or two to Andre Drummond, maybe gets bought out, goes to the Nets that some people have talked about or, or goes somewhere else. Um, Jared Allen could be one of the stars for this team, and Unibalers could take a, a big upgrade at that center position. But uh, yeah, Jared Allen, sixth round potential keeper, by the way. Yeah, right. Which is yep. decent value if Drummond gets moved. Yes, very much right, so for sure. Like I said, twenty three and eighteen, five blocks. I know it's Minnesota; they suck against the center, but uh, but yeah, good good matchup there. Good good guy. All right, so um, white men can't jump. Uh, Ethan's favorite mid-tier team against Luke and my balls um, who seems to be absent. Uh, Max, you want to go ahead and start off with this one? Sure. I'm going to pick Neil because he's checking his team. Um, okay. I, I, that's that's it. I, 
Neil's team is good. I've said nice things about them. Uh, actually, no, I was mean about them. They're the worst mid. Or they're the most vulnerable mid-tier team in my book. But it's just, I'm sorry, getting minutes, getting people on the floor is what matters. True. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how not worth a second-round pick Kemba Walker is. At the end of the day, Neil is going to have more counting stats. My balls might win in turnovers because his guys don't get minutes. He might win the percentage stats and he might st randomly steal blocks or steals um, just because he's got a really good team. Um, but at the end of the day, he's going to lose points. He's going to lose three pointers made. He's going to lose too many categories for me to pick him. Um, no matter how good his team is, I'm going with Neil. Ethan, is this as easy for you as it was for Max? Uh, yes. So I am going to also go with Neil because I think he's just going to get the counting stats. Um, so I'd like to use my time to circle back to Chase's neat team. Um, <laughs> Le <laughs> Lemon Pepper Lou, because he has Lou Williams. Okay. That, I kept Lou Williams in the eighth round. He, I knew that he would be better later in the year, but I just, I was at a point, uh, where I kept losing five to six every week and I was sick of not making moves on Sundays because I was too attached to him. So I just had to cut bait. But now that Chase is giving him a nice home, maybe you get an homage um, to, uh, to him in there. I'm going to pause you real quick. I just want to be clear. So Neil, who I'm not sure if he listens to this podcast, but if he's listening to the podcast right now, what he's basically getting is, yes, we're assuming you're going to win. Now listen to more ideas for Chase's team. Well, I, we won. We taught one. I think I've praised Neil's team plenty. You guys know how That's I feel true. about That's Neil's true. team. Uh, and number two, yeah, I think he's going to win by, by merit of his opponent not trying, which um, another guy that Luke of my balls has played this year took an 11 nothing defeat. So he's getting off pretty easy relative to other teams in the league, given just where the schedule is at so far. But yeah, Neil, you, your time was dedicated to renaming Chase's neat team. All right. What else you got for Chase's team? I, I'm going to keep researching. I, we went, when it's uh, Kevin Ware's knee, um, I'll have one more. Ooh, good idea. Yeah. We don't need to waste time. Okay. <laughs> All right. I will give my, uh, analysis of the matchup between Neil and, and Luke and my balls. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna take Neil's team. Neil, um, I think he knows that he didn't build the team the way he wanted uh, this year, so he he does have some holes to fill. Um, but you know, I I think that him putting together a lineup, paying attention, he has enough that uh, he's gonna go ahead and take this matchup and pretty handily uh, until tax season's done. Uh, we can just kind of count Luke and my balls as a free square. Like I said, if he ever tries it, ever gets it together, ever starts looking at his team, you know, before the morning coffee or, or, you know, it's sitting in traffic on the way to work. This could be a, a top tier team. This could be, you know, one of those that, that really takes it over. So uh, we will move on to the next matchup. Hong Kong heroes versus rum ham slam, uh, which th this is a good matchup. Max, what do you think? Well, matchup of the week. Absolutely. Two best, two closest in talent teams going up against yeah. each other. Uh, and even so far tonight, it's a really even matchup. Um, I say that De'Aaron Fox is going nuts. 38 points, 12 assists, four rebounds. I mean. He heard Jamal Murray's game got canceled and he's picking up all the slack. Yeah, he's yeah. just out there getting it done. Also, 
uh, Jokic PPD does no favors. I guess, yeah, Joe, the the Denver PPD hurts Brennan more than anybody. In fact, I look at that, um, and same thing we talked about Michael Porter Jr. earlier. Jokic now will only have two games this week, um, which if you look at Vucevic, which is Trevor's version of Jokic, he has three games left this week. So I know that's only difference of one game, but one game for those players is the equivalent of a potential triple-double. Um, I'm actually going to go with Trevor's team this week. Um, hmm. He's made some good moves in weeks past. I know he picked up uh, Will Barton, which looked like it was going to be a smart move before the game was postponed. He was in line to get a lot of minutes uh, due to some injuries Denver's having. And, you know, the interesting thing about Trevor's team is it looks like he's done choosing between Charlotte centers. Um, he was rostering both of them. It was uh, Zeller and other guy, uh, Bismack, Bismack Biombo. Biombo. Uh, looks like he yeah. finally dropped Biombo, which, you know, good for him because it's just not worth using two roster spots on two backup centers for a middling team that is giving most of their center minutes to a power forward. Yeah, we were playing. We would be playing Call of Duty, and he'd be like, "Ah, come on, Bismack Biombo." I'd be like, "What the fuck? Why the is fuck it, are you talking about? Why isn't Bismack Biombo on the floor? It's because uh, they're playing PJ Washington." Uh, <laughs> yeah, please it, clear yeah. the comms. I don't. I, what <laughs> What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I think he takes it home this week. Okay. All right, Ethan. What do you think? Um. So I think it's. I don't. It, I'll be surprised if either team wins with more than six categories like six to five or maybe six to four with a tie this just seems like a, the matchup that has the best chance of being dramatic on sunday um especially given they both have a significant denver player so um i mean they're not it's not even value or anything but it's it mitigates um how much that denver postponement sort of sways the matchup one way or the other um, I am going to stick with Brennan this week because I think that he um, he has enough. I mean, he has the most complete team. So when in doubt, whenever it's a close matchup like this, um, I'm going to give him the edge until proven wrong just because he is um, so consistently high in so many different roto categories. So he has that margin for error or, you know, can withstand that threat that a good opponent like Trevor can pose. Um, and you talk about losing somebody like a Jokic, but he can piecemeal together. Um, he can piecemeal together enough good big man stats around Jokic to get by during the week. Like Jared Vanderbilt's a small forward that can get you eight. I mean, he had nine rebounds tonight. He can get you eight to 10 rebounds any night. Um, Paul Millsap is a guy that's not nearly as, you know, in his prime anymore. Um, who also, uh, you know, oh shit. Well, I guess he is also, man, I'm not on my, I'm not on my game tonight. He's also <laughs> on Denver, but yeah. Miles Turner obviously is, you know, currently defensive player of the year. He's a significant, um, player to backfill in post stats. So, um, I like Brennan in a close match just because, um, his team has sort of proven body of work so far that, in a close match, he is best built to withstand a, a playoff-style matchup like this is. Okay. Uh, it, first note, imagine how good Trevor's team would be if he had Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, we're talking about a fourth Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, totally. Having him would, and Vucevic, that's, that would be gross. Yeah, that is that is up front, you know, two guys that can just, you know, sink the three and, and mm-hmm. kill you on the rebounds. I mean, that is 
an excellent setup for for years to come. And you know, we saw Fox. <laughs> He's a guy I passed on on daily, and the guy I passed on him for uh, didn't play the whole fourth quarter and really cost me some money today. And that would be G- uh, Giannis. And oh, he was so close. He almost did it again. Ah, uh, almost did it again. No, uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm gonna. Go ahead and take Hong Kong heroes. I know we didn't see Jokic tonight, um, and you know he did have some blaring holes in his lineup. I just think this team's very balanced. Uh, the The matchups are all still close. So he, if he had Jokic, he would be ahead in probably steals and rebounds and and maybe three point percentage and maybe field goal percentage. And so you know we're we're uh, or I'm sorry, <laughs> he reversed that in assists and points and whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I think that uh, Hong Kong Heroes has the better team. I think that he can he can really step it up and and uh, it's you know it's seven days. It's not just Monday. If we were playing just Mondays, I'd have a much better record than I have this season. But we play all seven days, so I think Hong Kong Heroes takes this one. Um, all right. So next matchup, Grunfeld's Revenge versus. Godzilla got busy. Ethan, tell me, what do you think of this? Um, so I am going to pick Kyle this week, but I this is just like the last matchup. I just don't foresee either side winning this matchup by a very lopsided score. This is another definite playoff caliber matchup. Um, I just I think that Kyle right now is. Um, is just starting to um, see the, you know, kind of the best, the ceiling of what his team can be in its current state. Um, You know, Clint Capella is a guy we haven't talked about on the podcast a lot, who is very Drummond like, and I, you know, he had the, the 10 block triple double. He had a 25, 25 game. Um, But, you know, he and Christian Wood and Julius Randall, the way he's playing this year, like that is, those three guys right there, um, you know, and God forbid Blake Griffin um, in Detroit does anything, you know, significant from a fantasy perspective. He set up really good um, with his post players. Um, he's got, um, you know, a lot of upside with his guards. I'm obviously biased on the Wizards guards, but I think that Beal is going to get traded and that's going to make him even better. Um just from a efficiency standpoint, he might not have as many 50 point games, but his percentages are going to be much, much better. Um, so I like Kyle this week. That said, we're about to see the first full week of Max with a healthy team and now Devin Booker. He's obviously the other big buyer this week. So, um, you know, it, it, we could end up uh, this time next week talking about Max's team like, uh, okay, this is a brand new season, and Max is now a top tier team in this current iteration. Yeah, yeah I look forward to that. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick Max. Uh, you know, I think Max can get beat up in the front court. Uh, I love the Capella Wood. I mean, who knew that Wood was going to be a top five center? I mean, he is just insane. He is Houston now, he is Houston's Harden. You know, it's not Wall, it's not Oladipo, it's Christian Wood. He's the guy, uh, and, you know, he showed it tonight in the limited minutes that he played. 18-11, two blocks, a steal, and an assist uh, in 
he did play the fourth quarter. I mean, they, they blew out OKC by 30. Uh, Capella has shown that he's a walking double-double with a, with a handful of blocks. Um, you know, Grunfeld's Revenge is okay. He's got a decent team. I like Garland, uh, you know, at point guard. And obviously, Randall is amazing. Um, you know, Max might struggle to in in the rebounds um, and the and the blocks this week, uh, and maybe even uh, field goal percentage. I I think that in those spots, Grumfeld's revenge um, might take it. I think Max has a better team. I'm not going to say that you know it's wow. He he went from getting 11-0 in the first week, and he's a much much different team. I still think he can be beat by most teams in the league, uh, but. I think that, and he does beat Grumfeld's Revenge. It's just not uh, a total blowout. Uh, Max, what do you think? Well, first of all, you think I can be beat by most teams in the league? Where are you at? Where are you sitting right now? That's my question. Why Why? Why does this always, you know, I'm on here for my analysis. It's where you are. It's I where know. you I mean, are. It, it, it's, it's tough optics coming off a 9-2 defeat. <laughs> but Okay, but I'm just saying, most teams in the league can beat this team. I look at certain other teams, I'm like, no, I can't, you know. That, but that's like saying most of the teams in the NFL can beat the Chiefs because Oakland fucking did it once, or Las Vegas. Like, yes, that's true, but also Vegas came Kansas out the- City is Kansas City. Like, we have brains and eyeballs, and we see what they do. Basically, Listen, Ethan's saying I'm Kansas City. Las Vegas, if Las Vegas came out week this one metaphor, and, you are, and beat them 52-0, to zero, yes, absolutely, I would have a different opinion of the Chiefs. Um, you know, he had a really rough start to the year. He, We've seen how teams swing in this league, in the fantasy We've seen how Luke My Balls can go from, oh my gosh, nobody's going to be able to beat this team because he's got so many mid-tier uh, keepers that are amazing, to I stopped paying attention for a few weeks, he may not make the playoffs. Max went from teams that got shut out from 11-0 in the first week. Three or four weeks later, he makes a few moves, makes a few trades, and now we're talking about Max could be a top-tier team. Who knows what's going to be in March? Who knows what's going to happen in April? Uh, you know, but right now, yeah, it looks good. I'm not, I'm just not ready to give him a top tier status and say that he can't be beat. So let me tell you why I'm going to beat Kyle this week. Okay. First of all, I respect Kyle's team a lot. I have a lot of respect for him. I fear his bigs, you know, the crucifix, like both of you said, he's, he's incredible. He's outstanding this year. Um, between him, Julius Randall getting nothing stats for the, for the Knicks. When I say nothing stats, I mean, he's, He's like bordling out there, you know, like he's putting up good fantasy numbers in games where they usually lose. Um, And Clint Capella, like those are all really good bigs. Here's his problem this week. Um, First of all, I have two Pacers that are benefiting from his two injured Pacers and the Pacers have four games this week. So that's going to hurt him emotionally and points wise. Another big problem for him is his team is called Grunfeld's Revenge. He's built on two Washington Wizards players. The Wizards have three games this week. Two of those games are against the Miami Heat. As we know, the Wizards are not good at defense. They're givers. And I have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo queued up to just put up insane stats against the Wizards in those two games, which, by the way, the Heat have four games this week. So I have four games of Butler and Adebayo. One of them is tonight against Charlotte, two against the Wizards, and the last one on Sunday against the Knicks. Um, so I'm just going to clean up 
on stats out of those guys uh, purely from a amount of games that my players are projected to play, not, not even including the moves we make this week. I just, I think I am luckier from a schedule perspective um, than Kyle this week. I do think my team is better than his, but I think the schedule's not doing him any favors this week either. I think it's close. I think it's big scare me, but I still think I'm taking one from him. Godzilla is going to continue to get busy. Okay. All right, man. Didn't see that coming. Um, all right. We will move on to the next one. Shalom, y'all, versus the always absent Kevin Ware's knee. Okay. So uh, first things first, uh, just to get it out of the way, uh, I offered a trade. Shalom, y'all. It was kind of rejected. We haven't really talked about it. Uh, was there something that bugged you about trading for Andre Drummond, the guy you're trying to get rid of actively? I'm not trying to get rid of actively. I said that he's available since multiple people in the group text have voiced a need for rebounds. One of those, Andrew, has gone obviously a different direction strategically. I don't know that he would say the same now. You offered me, like, you offered me Keldon Johnson, who I think is a really good player and is unkeepable. So that's just a win now guy and somebody else who's worse than Drummond. So that it's, you gave me win now pieces, but also I'd be giving up the best player in the deal. So it's not even a logical win now move. So I politely declined and I wasn't going to bring it up on the show, but that's why. <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> you sent him a shit offer. I think it was Al Horford. Was it not Al Horford? It was Al Horford. Al Horford and Kelton Johnson. That's not terrible. Wasn't Al Horford dropped? Neither of those players are keepable. Yeah. It's a win now move where I still somehow give up the best player in the trade to Huck, who has a vacant first round slot where he can just keep Drummond. I wasn't going to. I mean, I might keep Drummond. I'm not going to keep Drummond as the second pick. I wouldn't keep Drummond over. You know, somebody like Trey Young or, you know, whoever. That's true. If, if you come in last and you have the first pick, then you get six keepers, really. Yeah, you don't have to keep whoever. I mean, it's one advantage of being last. But, I mean, I'm last right now. I won't be last at the end of the season. But, yeah, I don't think you'll be last at the end of the season. I agree. Trust me, I've, I've, I've looked over this. I, was, I wanted Drummond because uh, on, a, on a weekly basis, I play daily fantasy basketball every day in some form. Uh, on a weekly basis, half of those times, uh, I take Andre Drummond. He's just an amazing daily fantasy player uh, and where turnovers count as minus half a point. Um, mm -hmm. And it, missing free throws does not matter. Um, but other than that, I mean, he, he's a walking 2020. Uh, he, he's amazing. I love Drummond. I think he's great. Um, and I and I think he's gonna do well for you this week once he comes back. I know you know he's not seriously hurt, um, and he's 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 a matchup nightmare for people. So um, quickly came out and gave you uh, really good stats off the jump. Like I told you, he's he's on a streak here. Um, he yeah, should but play. he didn't. I mean, he took a lot of shots, and he had I mean six rebounds, seven assists. I'm obviously pleased with, but he also shot. Uh, not a great percentage from the field. And that's kind of the story of my team. Like I, I am great in a lot of counting stats. I'm not great in shooting percentages. So, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm not dropping him anytime soon. I'm happy with that, but it's not, it's not all, it's not all rainbows. I mean, he is a streaky player yeah. because he's a rookie on a team that is 
just trying to get better, not necessarily like win now. Though they're though Thibodeau's a fucking psycho, so yeah, and and, and you know it looks Kevin Ware's knees up eight to three right now. Um, you know I don't know how much he's doing with transactions and switching out his lineup since you know I think he's made two moves. So last week he made zero moves, but only on one of the seven days did he have a guy on his bench who was playing in real life. So he at least did the same as Hurwitz and sat and started active players, but he didn't make any moves. So he lost all the counting stats. I mean, I, I am if in current Roto over the course of the season, I'm better than him in ever in all the counting stats, except turnovers. And he's better in all three percentages because I'm bad in those. And he doesn't, he has such a small sample size. Mm -hmm. So I'll beat him seven to four, probably with, very little effort beyond just having to make my five moves. Well, um, you can tell me that when you do your analysis of your own matchup. If you oh, that's right. Come back them. to me. I have two more locked up and loaded for Chase. <laughs> okay, all right. You guys talk right. first. Uh, so, so anyway, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree that your team is amazing, but it just so happened that... Uh, no, it's you know, not amazing. I'm with, I agree on that. You're down 8-3. It just so happened that Trey Young... And Anthony Davis uh, played today, so you kind of, you know, got the bad end of the stick on that one. Um, but I think this definitely evens out, and you take this one. It might switch back to eight to three, and you might take the majority of the categories there. I mean, that's just my prediction. Max, what do you think? So I think Ethan wins because he checks his team, and Kevin wears knee does not. So for Chase's team name. Here's my question. He's seen the movie Semi-Pro. You know what I mean? Like, there's just uh, so many, so much opportunity there. Uh, For those Jack who haven't seen it, it's the inspiring story of Jack Moon, player of the Flint Tropics of the ABA, played by Will Ferrell. They're trying to get to fourth place to get to be one of the four teams that gets adopted into the NBA when they merge with the ABA. So fourth place is the championship. Based on a true story, I don't think, actually. But, okay, no, continue. So he could, <laughs> he could go with Let's Get Tropical, which is their that's, – that's their battle cry. Um, he could go with Spumoni, which is, you know, <laughs> the, the trigger word. If, you know, Spumoni, whenever the bear comes in. Uh, you know, he can, he can go with uh, Nobody Said JT. Nobody Said JT for, you know, No Jive Turkeys. There's a right. lot of fodder there. I, I think if Chase is going to look for an interesting team name, semi-pro is where you start for fantasy basketball. But yeah, Ethan wins this week. He pays attention. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a – that's so cheesy to go to semi-pro for your team name. I mean, it, you can do it. It's whatever. Is it an upgrade? Would it be an upgrade? Anything's an upgrade. He left it blank. It's an upgrade. There you go. Uh, at least he changed it. At least it's not something absolutely horrid that it is now. Um, Ethan, tell us your analysis of your own matchup. Just talk about your team. You don't have to talk about Kevin Wersney. So I think I'll win seven to four. I'll probably I'll lose turnovers in the three percentages, and I'll win the other seven um, because I'm paying attention. Um, I think one option for Chase is, and this is based on having Tobias Harris for fans of Arrested Development, is something to do with Tobias and the Never Nudes. Now, for those who are not in our Fantasy Baseball League, though, there is already the Never Nudes. They won the championship with that name. So you would probably have to go 
to John for some permission on that. But like, I don't think Chase and John have any beef. I don't see why John would give a shit one way or the other. That if he wants to go Tobias, life. go with I blew myself. You know what I mean? Oh, or, or some, yes. there's, that's Another a treasure. There's one. a whole, there's Another a whole lot one. of lines. Another good one. Um, you could also, this would be more of just like a straight troll on Huck, but you could go with the team formerly known as Chase's Neat Team. We'll play on <laughs> Prince. Talking, rest, that won't rest fit. In peace. That won't fit. No, he, that won't fit. Just <laughs> use the symbol that, that Prince used, like the half male, half female symbol that he went by in the 90s. That's going to be hard to copy find. paste that thing into the into the text box. I'm sure it'll work. Yeah. We'll all know what it means, and it will only bother us. <laughs> are, are you telling me you're not bothered by this team name? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I paid zero attention. I'm much more bothered by Chase's record being better than mine. I'm bothered okay. by the team name, not nearly as like I am. I, I'm so conflicted because I'm so bothered by the team name, but I'm so tickled at how much you're bothered by the team name. <laughs> I can't decide which one I want to happen. Whether I want him to keep it or whether I want him to change it to something great, <laughs> like the we've given him so many options tonight. I really hope he listens to this. Okay, so I just came off a, a fantasy football season where the team that won the championship was the Unicycle Polar Bears. I would really like for these teams that are good, that are going to compete for a championship and be on a trophy, not to be called Chase's Neat Team. And if I ever get this trophy, I do not want that team on my goddamn trophy. So, uh, okay, now wait. So, but this is here's the thing: we if we get a trophy and we only put team names on there and not also the owner name then who's going to look foolish if chase wins not chase his name with a lowercase c just like yahoo spells it is going on there immortalized <laughs> forever yeah well i mean whatever it, it maybe we'll just put chase no neat team just chase but anyway. we all know his team is neat. If he wins the championship, his team is neat. Yeah, if well. he wins the championship, he's going to change his team to Chase's championship team. It's true. I feel like when when that flex is presented, you have to you have to budge from your from your silly team name status to flex a little bit. Right. Okay. That's we what got my moral compass says we got one more matchup that we got to talk about here. It's Thunder from Down Under uh, versus Doink the Clown. This is definitely you know. Top tier versus bottom tier matchup. Ethan, tell me what you think. Second place versus last place. So um, I'm picking Paul's team based on the entire season's body of work. But uh, I feel like we've talked a lot about Paul's team tonight and and um, last week. So I will, to steal a bit from part of my take, say something nice about Huck's team. Um, mm -hmm. I do think that... Um, Huck is, is going to start trending upwards. I mean, one, teams that aren't trying are going to fall behind him. But I do think that um, with uh, his first round, you know, pick vacant for next year's draft, um, he is set up to at least be a tough out um, down the stretch this year. And if you're chasing a playoff spot and if you beat Huck six to five when you really think you should have beaten him eight to three, like I could see a lot of those scenarios because um, you do have a lot of, uh, guys who I think are, are seeing more production now, um, not just John ja Morant, but um, like obviously LaMelo Ball is getting better and better um, with each game. Obviously DeAndre Ayton with each game that he plays with, Chris Paul is getting better and better um, in that tandem. So um, those are some very – and right now Yahoo sees Ayton as a top 20 fantasy player, so there you go. 
but uh but yeah so there's some nice things about huck's team that said paul was uh already a dangerous team and he just added dame lillard so um until proven otherwise he is going to be my pick most weeks okay max what do you think I'm going to pick Huck's team and let me explain it. Let me explain myself. I'm sorry. Just, I have to explain it. First of all, Huck, how disappointed are you um, that Denver Detroit was postponed tonight and you had to leave Boogie and Neural on your bench? Uh, yeah. So I put in green. Green has been playing absolutely wonderful uh, the past few weeks. So I put him in for Boogie Cousins, who has been absolutely dominated by uh, Wood when since he's come back uh, in in minutes and production, and just so happened the Rockets blew him out, and he went seventeen eight, you know three. So yeah, I'm very disappointed. I can't catch a break, but I'll talk about it as I go on. I'm, so, I'm very disappointed. So I mentioned. Paul's team's weakness and it's that he doesn't get the big man stats that happens to be one of Huck's strengths you know he's got Aiton um Neural is exclusively a blocks player he has five blocks and seven rebounds on Huck's bench tonight um he's got Boogie who's been getting a lot more run than he did at the beginning of the season who's not only making threes but is still giving you solid rebounding numbers he has 17 points and eight rebounds on Huck's bench tonight um but Aiton 17 rebounds today. Uh, Keldon Johnson, 25 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, ja is back and healthy. LaMelo Ball with Terry Rozier uh, taking a back seat. LaMelo Ball starting tonight. I actually think it, with, a, with the benefit of a pretty decent schedule this week, if Huck can just keep up. It, he doesn't have to win a bunch of stats, but I think Huck could win this matchup 6-5 just ba- solely on the fact that, you know, Obviously, free throw, free throw percentage and turnovers. I mean, he's got those in the bag. Um, but seriously, if he can nab those two big man stats and just have the rest of his players, I think Jaw coming back is a huge deal. Jaw coming back is a huge deal. And LaMelo getting 30-plus minutes a night for every game they play this week would be a huge deal. So I do that think with Keldon Johnson and, and Duante DeJounte. Pair it with Murray, however you want to say his name. <laughs> DeJounte. Um, and Jeremy Grant, assuming Detroit doesn't get more postponed games, I think Huck's got a fighter's chance this week because he's got the big man advantage. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, things are just not going right for me. I have Nerlens Noel block party. That's his goddamn nickname. Uh, only for blocks. And he would have more than doubled the, my, block perc- or my block numbers for tonight. I didn't put him in. I didn't put Cousins in. I put Green in, and Green gets postponed. It wasn't an hour. It wasn't two hours before the game. It was five minutes before the game started, which is just absolutely heartbreaking um, because I would have done so much more. Um, I picked up the dinosaur, Theo Maladon, um, you know, uh, a couple games ago. He's going to play uh, extended minutes with uh, you know George Hill out. He showed tonight that what he had in the past. I think he scored twenty something points uh, a couple nights ago. Is not the production that I'll get. This is just how that my season has gone. Um, I see these people, uh, you know, 
do great, pick them up high, and they start to die off. Um, uh, you know, I've have I have a lot of rotating players. I have a lot of players that do one good thing well. Um, I think I can win this week. I think my team has no real superstar power where it's like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. I but I don't think that there's you know any part of my team where it's like, oh god, he why is he still playing him? He's got to drop him. Um, you know, I hope Jackson comes back soon, uh, and I hope I get you know some better usage out of some of my players like elf on the shelf and and others uh i will say that i i will keep it close but uh another thing that i want to say you say ayton's a top 20 player i'd like to trade ayton i'd like to uh move ayton so if you have any uh offers for ayton um i will definitely um you know entertain them is ayton's last Going back to January 18th, eight and 17 rebounds, 17 rebounds, 13, 14, 13, 13, 17, 16. And then I have to click to go further back than that. That's his, that's his net. That's the standard for his rebounding now. Is Won't be just cheap. All of them. But yes, <laughs> I, I, uh, he's, he, I mean, he's a good player. He's just, uh, he's a very good player. Yeah. I just, uh, he is available and I, I, am looking at some of these these top tier teams and you know if you got some then uh go ahead and send it my way but but yeah about lou dort (laughs) (laughs) uh uh, me and him had a relationship once upon a time and i i gave him away so uh, oh man so i'm seeing this on twitter today live time ish uh devin booker who was an injured player and didn't get called active until uh max was already at a prior engagement so he wasn't able to get him off his injury list and into his lineup in time he just hit uh three uh to win the game against the mavs so he killed max's favorite team with zero contribution tonight to his fantasy team yeah super cool super cool the sun's not to announce that until 605 really appreciate that sun's i was literally looking at my roster at like six and i'm like all right I guess Dylan Brooks is getting the start for me tonight. It, it happened to me last week where Al Horford, I picked him up, played two games. He had his daughter and just decided he was going to take paternity leave, I guess, while he's an NBA player uh, and took like two weeks off. It was unexplained for the first week where it's just like, where's Al Horford? No one knows where Al Horford is. <laughs> and then suddenly it's just like, I'm going to play. And he can't comes back and does like, 25 8 and 10 or some shit just absolutely blows up and uh i think i lost by like five rebounds and five assists or something to trevor it's just been that kind of season just very frustrating but you know it it happens it definitely happens all right guys so we have uh one last segment for you before we go before we let you go for the week uh it's not basketball related uh but it is a special week in sports it's Super Bowl week. It's a week that we all look forward to all year long. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a few predictions, whether it be gambling or the you know, the game or you know what's going to happen you know, food-wise, and we're just going to cover it as a whole. Um, Max, we'll start out with you. You got any predictions for the Super Bowl? Oh, Tom Brady's taking it home. I know. I know. I know. Patrick Mahomes is so good, and the Chiefs are so good. I understand I think it's not necessarily Tom Brady that 
wins them this championship. I think the Buccaneers defense is incredibly underrated. They're difficult to run against. Um, they've just, they've got a, a good defense. They've got a damn good defense. And I think they're going to give Mahomes some fits. Um, and I think Tom Brady's going to do just enough because, you know, that's, we've seen him come down from crazy odds before. I bet a bunch of money on the, uh, on the Patriots to beat the Falcons. And it was just money line. And I ended up leaving a Super Bowl party right around halftime. Um, and I was like, all right, Ethan, I'm, I'm dropping Aiden off and I'm coming home. Aiden wanted to leave the party. She wasn't interested. And on my way home, Ethan calls me and he's like, oh, you got to you got to turn on the radio. You got to see what's happening. Um, and I got to see the last like three minutes of the game. I got to see Tom Brady win and I won like 150 bucks. It was great. It was the best Super Bowl ever. And since then, I'm like, there's nothing Tom Brady can't do. And uh, yeah, he's taking it home. I, I would put money on it if anybody's interested in that. I am definitely interested in it. But before we go to there, um, let's talk to Ethan. Ethan, what do you think? So I think this is going to be another really dramatic Super Bowl because limited fans, there's not going to kind of be that overwhelming feeling of the Super Bowl. Kansas City was just there last year. Tampa's in there own stadium which regard you know even without fans like they don't have to travel they'll sleep in their own beds like home game routine um like obviously it's present in everyone's mind the stakes at hand but like there's not the i don't feel like there's the normal inherent pressure of the super bowl weighing down so much on either side so i feel like we're going to see a really high scoring game um i part of me wants to say tampa because they have the only kentucky player between the two teams which is mike edwards the defensive back um, representing for the Big Blue Nation, now football school. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Kansas City. I just, I mean, if I'm wrong, it'll just be another one in a long line of me being a fucking idiot. But I just think that when all is said and done, Patrick Mahomes will be the best, better than Brady. Like, it took Tom Brady many years to set the records that Pat Mahomes is already matching like right off the jump MVP two Super Bowl appearances in his first three seasons as a starter like um, like those were the peaks for the greatest ever and we have no idea if that's his peak because it's all he's done there was no ascension to that that's just all he's done so I think this is just another um, another um, kind of key date in that larger timeline of his greatness. So I think this is, I guess it's a, a torch passing game, if you will, um, based on my prediction. So I think like chiefs, 31 bucks, 26 high scoring. Like I said, did you have any uh, significant bets over the past week that affect how we'll be watching the super bowl this week? I don't. Oh yes. Uh, God, I keep forgetting about it. Andrew, um, so I like to think that my beatdown of Andrew willed his team into giving up. Um, you know, just I have no factual evidence of it. It just happened at the end of me beating him nine to two. But at the start of the week, we bet. Um, um, so he and Max and I are going to be watching the Super Bowl together with our ladies. And Andrew and I bet a shot for the loser has to take a shot for each point they lose by in our matchup. So I beat Andrew nine to two. I think we set a, a, a maximum limit of five, five just because we so, want to watch the whole game. Yes. But I think it's got to be shitty alcohol penalty shots. Well, I mean, yeah, so, I think we get to pick it. Yes. I, so, I'm including myself in this cause I'm just going to be there. <laughs> uh, so yes, we have that to look forward to. 
Um, so yeah, I predict drunkenness abound. Five shots from Andrew, fifty-seven combined points. So I don't know what the over/under is, but I would guess that's over. I'd be shy. That'd be a fucking high Super Bowl over/under if fifty-seven was under. But um, and by the way, you listeners like Brennan, I know you listen, Brennan. I know Brennan will have all of the props and all of the shit. So throw that action in there and maybe I'll piggyback on it in lieu of doing my own critical thinking. Yeah. Well, okay. So for, for my uh, predictions, this one is easy. Uh, I do want to preface that in the playoffs, I've been pretty much perfect on every pick football's my best sport gambling wise. Um, I've been extremely on fire and I will continue to be on fire in the Super Bowl. Um, the Chiefs are going to take it. Chiefs are going to take it by a touchdown. Uh, they're going to win probably 30 to 23, something like along those lines. Um, the props that I like are Tom Brady over a half yard rushing. Uh, I think that's pretty easy. That's what sports books are giving. Um, Tom Brady has his patented uh, fourth and one, third and one, quick snap, fall, forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, if one of those happens, you win the bet. I think one of those happened for sure, whether it be on the goal line or rushing in the fourth quarter to try to get those seven points back. That he's How down. many games have you bet this bet in? Because I've heard anecdotally of you doing this plenty of times in the regular season too, of just betting rushing touchdowns from not running quarterbacks, like on oh. this merit. The the uh, I for a few weeks there in the middle of the season, um, I experimented with a bet, and I don't do it because I don't want to stretch myself thin, and I don't want to have a big loss. But if you throw uh, money, let's just say ten bucks, on every quarterback in the NFL to score a rushing touchdown, um, most weeks you will come out positive. I mean, you get like a Jared Goff rushing touchdown. And it's it's very fun to watch on a Sunday, being like, please Lord, uh, just get in the end zone, whatever. And God forbid you start throwing them on two touchdown props that pay out like a hundred, five hundred to one, some shit. Uh, I think I had that with Tannehill earlier this season, and he pulled out two for me. Um, and so, so yeah. Anyway, the, you know, I digress here. Um, uh, the uh, the running back for the the Chiefs, not named uh, Damian. Yeah, Damian Williams, uh, under two and a half catches. That's a that's a bet. That's a fifty fifty bet that we have here. Um, I'm going to take under two and a half. I, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of room for uh, tossing it down to a running back when you've got Ceh out there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell will be playing. Um, you know, I just don't see it. I think that's a good bet. Um. Yeah, I like the Chiefs. I like Chiefs every different angle here, whether it be uh, you know, the spread, money line. I think they're gonna really pull it out. Um, and I like uh, Miko Harbin score a touchdown one way or another. I think he gets in the end zone. I think uh, you know, that that punt return drop last week he had. Uh, it's gonna show up, and he's been motivated since then. And you know, a little pep talk that he got from from Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey really going to boost him. He's going to get in the end zone this week. So uh, he's probably getting, and you'll probably get good odds with Sammy Watkins returning and everything. So. All right. Give me Buccaneers plus three for a hundred. 
Easy. Easy. Public, public trade. Also, Ethan, the over-under is 56.5. So you nailed Man. it with 57. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go under. But you got to remember the last uh, – we haven't seen a touchdown pass from uh, Tom Brady uh, since uh, the week – or since... I'm sorry, the first half of this last game. You got to remember he the last <laughs> two quarters, he threw three picks against the Packers. There was there was no touchdowns. So um, I know you're like, oh, they, but they beat the the Packers, whatever. They almost lost it. Uh, if he doesn't kick a field goal there, and Aaron Rodgers comes out and throws a touchdown, we're not talking about a team that's been streaking all that well. Defense playing great, uh, but this isn't like. Some team where it's like we're, you, people who are betting on Tom Brady are betting on Tom Brady from 2001. They're t- betting on Tom Brady from you know 2007. Betting on Tom Brady from three years ago who play, f- came back against Atlanta. You know, we're talking about 2021 Tom Brady. Uh, I, I, I we've seen him momentum. disappear. We've seen I'd buy I'd buy into the momentum if it wasn't Tom Brady in the damn Super Bowl. Okay. Like there's no other there's no other NFL player in history with as many Super Bowl appearances as Tom Brady. Okay. Fact. Talked about yeah. the best, the best QB of all time versus the best QB now. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I'm going to take first the best all, QB I, now. I can't wait to watch it. First of all, like this is great, great Super Bowl. It's going to be a fantastic Super Bowl, no matter what. Like that's yeah. that's the it's the best one we've had in a couple of years. It'll so be no Rams. It will be no Rams Patriots from a few years back, where I had a huge party of people, big setup, everything's going on. We had squares, whatever, and it's like, who has zero zero? yeah who has zero three it's like oh who has who still has three zero it's like it was just the worst uh thing ever we should see some fireworks we should see some uh oh another thing just one more thing and one more bet that i like put out there uh pierre paul and devin white are 500 to one i think pierre paul's 500 to one and devin white is 100 to one on some books uh, to be Super Bowl MVP. Um, Fisher is going to be out for uh, the Chiefs. He tore his Achilles last game. That's an obvious, you know, thing. If the if Tampa Bay was to win, um, it might be Pierre Paul coming from the outside and beating that backup tackle, uh, or it could be Devin White coming up the middle. I mean, he has been absolutely insane in the playoffs. Um, if one of them gets a forced fumble, touchdown, pick six, somewhere along those lines, uh, that could be huge money for you. So just Pierre throwing Paul's, that out there. He's seventy to one odds right now. Uh, well, when I'm when it first happened, I swear I I got him. I think I put eight bucks on it to win over a thousand. So oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm sure that's gone down um, then. And I think last time I checked, Devin White was. Uh, I know he was a hundred to one to start, but I think he's down to maybe he's 30, 30 to one, now. 30 to one. Yeah. yeah. Um, because people are just probably throwing chunks of money at that. I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> there was a Super Bowl where, uh, you know, whoever the, the guy for the Seahawks, middle linebacker for the Seahawks, his name was Brooks, something like that. Uh, or no, Smith. Uh, he got a pick six and, and he was 500 to one, uh, to to be Super Bowl MVP, so it could happen. Um, just something to play with. Um, but yeah, that's just about it, guys. It's going to be a good week in basketball, uh, good week in in college basketball, and a, a, a great week for for the NFL. So I'm 
I'm excited. I'm definitely pumped. Anything else I can get for you guys before we go? No. No, I have nothing this week. I traded for my center immediately, like the next day after we recorded the podcast last week. So if I had any trade requests, this is where I'd list them. This is the place, but no. Nice, nice, nice. nice. All right. Well, the good news is DraftKings, FanDuel, all sites have refunded all money due to uh, the Pistons and Nuggets being canceled. That's something that's is a good beat for those of us who had Monty Morris and Jeff Green tonight. Not so good for fantasy, good for daily fantasy. Anyway, we will see you guys uh, next week, same time, same place, same people. See ya. <laughs>